Welcome to You, But More Powerful. I'm your host, Rhiannon, and this is your go-to podcast for raw and expansive messages from health, fitness, business, and mindset, and as always, with a little bit of fun sprinkled in. My purpose is to help you step into your most powerful self and build your dream life. You'll gain clarity, connection, and confidence with a whole lot of practical skills along the way. I know you're in exactly the right place to level up, build the body, mindset, and life you absolutely love and thrive in. Let's go. So first up, I kind of wanted to get a bit of an introduction. I know you very well, but um, it's been a little while for, you know, trying to not pressure you, but kind of pressure you to get you on the podcast. And I was like, you know what, when you are committed to the photo shoot, and for those that are listening that don't know Leanne as well as I do, camera shy is the first thing that comes to mind. And like, just trying to, you know, seep into the background a little. And we're all about like, fuck that. We're bringing you full throttle. <laughs> we're here loud and proud, um, you know, in the, sh- in the shining lights. Um, but I think, yeah, it was like, okay, we're doing the photo shoot now. We're going to overcome that. And then we're just going to get on the podcast. And now you're probably just going to be a regular guest, I think. Let's do it. Why not? <laughs> Why not face the fear? So give us a bit of a rundown and a bit of a background of where, like but prior to us ever working together, like what's, you know, what do you do for work? Where did you come from? Give us that in a nutshell. Okay. In a nutshell. Um, so I actually um, work full-time for the government. So very busy government job there. Also have um, a husband and a daughter. Um, so family life is also pretty chaotic. So um, finding that ability to blend um, work and family and gym and everything else, um, you know, is always a bit of a pressure point. Um, my background, um, I was always a sporty kid as I grew up um, and all the way through high school, all the way into my adult life. I've always played sports, been involved in sports, um, used to do gymnastics, was always really, really active. Um, I did work in the fitness industry for a few years as well when I first came out of high school. So um, I got a bit of a traineeship there and used to teach classes in a gym. Um, So that kind of led me into kind of my fitness journey. Um, But once that sort of slowed down, I didn't really get into the gym life per se until about probably four years ago. Um, And, you know, I went into the gym, started doing some um, workouts on my own and things like that. Um, And then I got, um, I got a PT. So that was a new experience for me. Um, looking back on that experience now, though, um, it wasn't the best experience that I did have with a personal trainer. Um, it did actually bring up quite a few fears for me once that um, PT stopped. So looking back on it and reflecting on that environment was, um, what's the word I should use, is um, it wasn't a good, healthy relationship Um, now that I look back on it. So there was a lot of fear in relation to food. Um, My fitness pal, I was religiously obsessed with it. There was um, not a day that went by where I didn't track. And I remember I'd been tracking for something like 260 days and I missed a day and I completely panicked. Um, You know, so I had that fear of not doing the right thing and it kind of led into um, food phobia um, and it just became really, really stressful. So um, check-ins were stressful and things like that. So 
there was also no real structure in that training environment as well. So um, I was never tracking my weights. I was never tracking my reps. Um, it was just, I go into the gym, I'd work as I'd work with the PT for half an hour and then um, I'd go on my way. So um, I did have a program written out for me, but it was not consistent. It was um, more about just constantly being in a calorie deficit. So my life for about oh, 19 months was just a calorie deficit. Um, so, you know, I think I was sitting on about 1400 calories for about 18 months. Um, and I look back now and I think, oh my God, that was horrifying. How did I survive? Um, you know, going to the gym every day, having that busy life, the full-time job and things like that and running the family and living on 1400 calories a day, just not sustainable. Um, and was just a really, um, yeah, kind of just not a, a healthy environment for me. But I only really established that upon reflection when I started working with you. So looking back on that, because coming to you to work with you was um, a huge step for me after that previous experience. So, um, yeah, I was really unsure whether I wanted to go down that PT path again. Yeah, yeah. So and it was... Um, it was like, yeah. And, and that's like, I, thanks for sharing all of that. And again, like, I know I have that insight as well, but it is a real thing for a lot of people. And and one, like, I know it's not my duty to apologize for having a poor experience. And, you know, I remember like, it's one of those things, whether it be a poor experience with a physio, whether it be a poor experience with a personal trainer, with a doctor, like whatever it is, it is sad that there isn't, you know, everyone just passionate about their jobs and passionate about people when we're working with people like that's the reality of it what it is but it is in hindsight it's always a beautiful thing and it's good to see that you've come out the other side of that and you know just getting into everything that we're going to chat about today it's it's exciting and it's a complete 180 but it is a real thing for a lot of people like when you do have a bit of a, a poor experience in anything it's like whoa I don't really want to go back down that path but it's like those the goals and things that you have like they're still there it's just like the way that it was kind of being guided previously it wasn't really realistic to what you were after really at the time either no, no it was very much about their goals for me and not my goals for me yeah um, which again upon reflection I think no that's not really how um, my goals were should have been my priority um, and unfortunately they weren't but um, again reflection hindsight's always Always yeah. a wonderful thing. Always yeah. 2020. You see it back. Absolutely. Like, if only I knew. But again, like, I think it's one of those things that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you probably um, are, are really... I don't know what the word is, but maybe proud or whatever it is to look at and go from where I came versus where I am now. Like, you have that kind of bit of a negative experience and then you see, like, the good. You feel like you can appreciate that a lot more. Oh, Absolutely. Honestly, I look at the growth that I've made. Um, I think I started training with you. It was, oh, it was in COVID. Yeah. I remember it was, we were in lockdown in COVID. It was about the August and I was kind of really feeling like, okay, I need to start working on myself again. Um, and then from that very first conversation with you, I remember having that conversation and we just clicked. Yeah. It was just, honestly, it was it was a lot of shit talk that yeah. we <laughs> talked about and we just clicked. We had the best laugh and I'm like, okay, I feel like I can do this again. And then the journey has just progressed since there. Um, from that very beginning, I just feel like 
everything in my fitness life has gone up. Um, You know, there's always been road bumps along the way and it's not been something that I've been afraid of though. Um, Whereas previously in that past experience, I would have been. Um, But with you, I know that, you know, there's no BS there. So I can come to you and say, you know, things aren't working this week. We're not going the way that we want to go, but it's not a problem. Um, You know, we always come back and we always have that solution and that discussion, um, you know, making sure we're taking that action, whatever that looks like. Um, But yeah, I think for me, the growth since working with you has been astounding, but not only just in my gym life, but in my personal life as well, because we've been able to shift that mindset as well. Yeah, this like I always <laughs> myself about like how excited I get hearing, but it's one of those things like that I don't even know how to put it into words. Makes me so happy to hear for you because I'm like this is like this is literally in my opinion what coaches should be there for to facilitate your outcome like and see the growth and the change and everything in your life. It isn't about like what I want. It's like hearing you having all of that flow into other areas, and I I speak on that a lot in the sense of like training and nutrition and the things that we learn there with our mindset and our lifestyle shifts really help elevate all different areas of our life and just really like hearing you live and breathe that and seeing you do it like it's 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 really exciting (laughs) oh absolutely and honestly as I said I feel like I've come so far it's been a complete 180 for me and yeah I'm I'm just loving the direction that we're going yeah, meets. Oh, like I'm excited now. I, and again, I want to paint the picture for those that are listening that don't know. I'm literally having flashbacks of like when we first started, it was like a, a lot of friction and a lot of barrier in terms of like recording yourself or like sending in check-in photos or doing these things. And that's really real for a lot of people. Like I know heaps of people are going to be listening to this being like, fuck, that's me. Like, I, you know, I don't want to do that. And again, like maybe past experiences might've shaped that slightly. Um, and obviously over the time, but then I remember seeing like a video, I think it was a push up out like out the back and there was like a dog I remember that was the lockdown yep yes it was like the first one that sort of came through and then just being able to see the shift from like resistance there and then resistance to wanting to send check-in photos to then like fast forward what is it nearly two years later and it's like at the photo shoot on the podcast here like ready to like just going into new gyms, chucking yourself yep. in, like out of your conversation. Like it's just, it's night and day and it's really hundred percent. Oh, Honestly, if you would have asked me to do this 12 months ago, I would have said, no, fuck no. Me. it's not happening. You're, you're not getting me on there whatsoever. I'm happy to talk to you offline, but we are not making this public. Um, but yeah, the, the progress over time has, yeah, it's just night and day. It may, and and like it, I'm laughing and it is it is funny and we have a lot of banter in our check-ins and like a lot of conversations it's funny and hilarious but it is like that thing of like I, I know full very well that if I did ask you no chance you'd be like no nope, not doing it like we can hang out like that's all cool but I ain't getting on there and and I get it like the thing that makes me really, really happy just for anyone and, and anyone listening that I hope follows your footsteps if they are feeling that way and knows that they can develop that confidence is that my big passion is not letting people make themselves smaller or like hiding away, just be yourself. And yes, some of us are going to be more extroverted. Some of us are going to be more introverted and, you know, not everyone wants to be like the center of attention in a, in a room full of people, but it's just not quietening your own full authentic self of like, this is just me and this is who I am. And I'm really proud of who I am. 
you don't have to go and shove it in people's faces, but don't hide yourself away. And that's like, I've seen the 180, the flip. (laughs) You're like, oh, absolutely. And, you know, even in the gym from back when I very first started in the gym, um, you know, I'd always work out in the corner. Um, I'd go to the sort of quieter place in the gym and, you know, work out over there. Now I don't give a shit. I'm like, I'm out there. I'm lifting the big boy weights. I throw and shit around. I honestly don't care. Um, And it's made me build relationships in the gym with people who I'd never spoken to before and things like that. So just having that little bit more confidence in myself and having, I guess, you in the background and in my ear, you know, saying, do this, you know, your cues are always in my ear now. When I'm in the gym. What would Reese say? <laughs> like, keep it tight, sit back. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned now about being in that public space. It's okay for me to be there. I've realised I'm not taking up anyone else's space. I'm allowed to be there, um, you know, and that shift is massive for me. Yeah, that that's huge. I've, like, I, I feel like I need to like let it land for everyone like to hear that because it is it's massive. Like to, so I know so many women, women especially, and and there's men out there as well, but you know specifically working with women majority is that we are like trying to hide away or can't take up that space or not do that. And it's like, we're worried about what people are going to think about our lift or am I doing it correctly? And like to see that shift over time and be like, it does not fucking matter. And the more that you've developed as well, you probably start to realize, oh, they're not even lifting with the right form anyway. I'm the one nailing it. So fuck whatever. Oh yeah. I'm terrible at that now. I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. (laughs) You're back. back. Once you, and that's it. Like once you see it, you can't unsee see it and that's something exactly again like I I say it in like in the coaching space of like a a little bit of banter of being like guess what once you nail all this shit you're actually going to realize how much poor form there is in the gym and it's not to think you're any better or worse it's just to validate like fucking go for it what have you got to lose Mm, absolutely and that's it I'll go in there now I'll send it I don't care Um, you know, and I have a chat to the people that are there and, you know, we have some banter, but we're all there for the same reason, just to get shit done. Um, yeah. And as I said, that shift for me was massive. The first time I remember getting on the platform and, you know, doing deadlifts for the first time, I'm just like, well, shit, (laughs) it's not as scary as I thought it was. Yeah. Um, Yes. So yeah, that's a massive shift. And now, you know, I'm loading up the bar. I know exactly what I'm doing in there. I feel comfortable. I'm confident. I, yeah, I'm just happy to be there now. It's so, it's so good. And like not to dust over the fact that your deadlift, you literally doubled your deadlift from start of the phase to the end of the phase when we were working Mm. on that. Like we parked it, I think for, for true grit. We parked it for true grit. And then we decided to roll that on for the photo shoot. Yeah. Um, but now we're, we're going to come back. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's so exciting. But I'm again, like I'm visualizing like the, the tech feedback. And again, like um, actually I want to hear your experience about that of like recording the deadlift and then working on that, because I know that's something that a lot of people have a lot of friction to and in hearing where you said you've come from. So many people I know will resonate with that and be like, that's, that's me now, you know? And it's like, can you share your experience in recording the deadlift, reviewing the feedback, and then kind of progressing from there? Yeah, it was really hard for me at the beginning. As I said, not a fan of being in front of the camera, more than happy to be behind it. Um, and just having a camera out in the gym and filming, for me, felt really uncomfortable. Um, you know, 
you've got in that mindset of, you know, are people looking at me? What do they think I'm doing? And so all that runs through my mind. You don't want to come off as, you know, oh, why is she recording herself? But realistically, the first time I recorded the lift and I watched it back to myself, I'm like, oh, you know, is that right? And so I do a second set and I'd try and, you know, pick up on the things that I'd picked up on that first set, you know, making sure I'm bracing, am I down low enough? Is my neck neutral? All those kind of things that I know that we've talked about, but because I'd never filmed it and seen it before, it was, you know, oh, okay, so maybe I do need my hips are shooting up too fast and things like that. Um, and so it allowed me to make those small changes. And then when I remember I sent it to you, it was really funny because they were the things that you picked up as well. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so I do kind of understand what I'm doing. And then the more I did it, the more confident I got in filming it. Um, and I think to being able to watch it back and get your feedback on it, built my confidence in being able to lift more. So I'm like, okay, so this wasn't, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Let's go heavier. Yeah. Um, and so having that confidence to film it and send it through to you and get your feedback. I think that allowed me to just keep building that momentum. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Don't be afraid to film. No one cares. No one's looking. They just. No yeah. one gives a shit. And if they are. Exactly. Tell them to. That's their problem. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Keep it to yourself. It's funny because a lot of the time it is like a bit of a, a confidence boost of like, okay, yep, I'm on the right path. Or also like one, it's good to record to count your reps. Cause I don't know about you, but I'm always thinking of when it's, when I'm moving some heavy weight. I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm terrible. I'm like, you know, counting like two, three, shit, I've got to buy bananas, six, shit. <laughs> I know sometimes it's just like, I, I tend to go, okay, two, two. Cause I'm just so focused on like when I'm <laughs> number and I'm like admittedly it's usually a few more reps but then I look back I'm like okay that's where I got especially on those like our higher rep range stuff and you run it out and I'm like anything above 12 and I forget I'm out (laughs) I'm tapping out it here I don't know (laughs) don't program me more than 12 because I forget after that (laughs) oh it's so good and it's like I do remember seeing those um come through and again like it's one of those things that it's like the fear of well conquering the fear and again I, I spoke about this in another podcast episode where it's like the more that you do those little uncomfortable things and you honor what you think and you know deep down you can do it and you honor that that's where that confidence boost comes in you add another ticket to your belt and be like okay like I did that I did that and the more you get that feeling of like that visceral feeling of I did that the more the confidence comes absolutely and And I remember saying to you I kept saying to you like a couple of weeks in a row I'm like yeah I'll definitely film it I'll definitely film it and I didn't yeah and I'm like you know what I said that I was going to do this and I haven't done it. So I need to stand by and do what I said I'm going to do. And so I remember doing that for the first time and I'm like, yeah, like I've done what I said I would do so I could tick that off. So it was kind of like a, um, like an achievement for myself because I'm like, I'm not holding up my end of the bargain to you. Um, so when I, when I did it for the first time, I'm like, okay, like tick that off. I've done it now. The first time's always the hardest. Yeah. And so now I can, you know, I can keep moving on because I felt like I wasn't really holding up my end of the bargain to you. 
interrupting you again to let you know about the PT with Re coaching app. I am so excited. You guys have been asking and I have been listening. I have bought out an affordable coaching platform, education, recipes, stretches, mobility, training, community group, the vibe for all less than $2 a day. Make sure you head to the link in the description below. Check it all out in the show notes. If you have any questions, you know where to find me, DMs, emails, wherever is best for you, but make sure you check it out. I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on it and head back to the episode. And, and that's a like a really moment of fight or flight. You know what I mean? Like it's that mm. integrity of being like, okay, I said I was going to do this. And it's like reaching out and asking and putting that barrier. You know, some people might say, hey, I am having a lot of resistance in filming. Like, and we'll unpack what's going on or the scale or whatever it is, but being able to own up and admit to that rather than just going, fuck it, I'm out. It's too much. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Oh, got to, you know, see you, see you later. I was about to say, see you, love you, bye. That's what I say to Michael. <laughs> see you, love you, bye. Right back at you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's like, you know, um, yeah, you, you can, you can face the fear or you can run away, but it's like that running away, you, you just get stuck. You're stuck in that same routine. You're stuck in that same cycle and that circle. And it's very liberating doing those uncomfortable things. And I talk about like a varying scale of things that are uncomfortable. Like if jumping out of an airplane right now is just like, I feel like I'll have a heart attack doing that. Let's just pick a step down from that and do something that we can kind of do. And it is chipping away on a weekly basis, like doing the uncomfortable thing of recording yourself and then reviewing it back and then being like, you know, me going, oh, you had a couple of reps left in there and you're like, all right, fuck it, I'll, I'll do harder next time. And it is, it's just, you know, it, it keeps that like fun in it as well. And I think that's a, a value that we both share of like having fun with what we're doing. And I think like, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's been a lot of fun times within the coaching, even though there's been really difficult times. Oh, as well. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, we always, always have you know, a good banter and a lot going on when we have a chat. Um, you know, a half hour conversation turns into an hour and a half because we just get off track and end up chatting and gossiping and having a good old time. Um, but yeah, I mean, new events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like building, you know, our future lives and all this yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but no, absolutely. And it's actually made my training a lot of fun as well. And I know that, you know, if something comes up in my plan and I'm like, oh, I'm not a fan of that, um, I'll always write to you. And like when you gave me the front squats last, the last round, I hate front squats. I honestly do. They are probably my least favorite exercise. And um, I remember writing to you and saying, this isn't working for me. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not happy with this at all. And you just wrote back to me and said, just stick it out. Like, you know, figure it out. <laughs> They're good for you. We're going to figure it out. And so we did. And, you know, we made some adjustments. I put the straps in place and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, even though I didn't like it, we were able to figure it out, still made it fun. And, you know, in a programming perspective, there's really never been a program that I haven't enjoyed. There's always been stuff in there that I really love. You know, you know, I'm obsessed with the hack squat, put that in there every every week for eternity for me. I don't care. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always fun. Um, I'm always having fun in the gym now as well with the, um, the environment and the friends that I've made there. And, you know, it's a great place to meet new people. Um, as I said, if you would have asked me 12, 18 months ago, I wouldn't talk to anyone. I'd go in, headphones were on, you know, I'd do my thing, have a hood on, um, you know, and I'd be out. But now, 
go in, always having a chat, always having a good time in there. Um, you know, always know that if I'm stuck and I need a spot, someone can jump in and help me and just, yeah, and having that fun environment that I know that I get to enjoy every single day. Oh, well, five days a week at the moment. Yeah, um, but having that. that environment um, where I know there's people that are like-minded to me, we're there for the same reason, get in, do a good job, have a good time. Um, and then being able to come back and report to you and have our check-ins every week where, yeah, we also have that that good chat and that good banter and we debrief and we, um, you know, pick apart things that are happening. It's just, yeah, it's just fun and it makes me keep wanting to doing what I'm doing. Yeah, no, and that's, I love it. And the fun part is like a huge component. Um, and I think like the programming is like a really valid one to chat with is because, you know, some people might just be like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's take the front squat out. Right. And it's like, <laughs> got to pick the battles and got to like work out. And, and sometimes it is a bit of explanation of like, okay, like why have we programmed these certain things and have that discussion? And there's not always like, you must do this one exercise and you're not allowed to change the exercises ever. But then it's like actually taking into consideration the individual being yourself, the client. And it's like, okay, what do you actually like and enjoy? And sometimes it is having to, you know, hide your vegetables in the potato type situation because there's some things we've got to work on and we always love doing the things that we love and smash but the you know if we want to achieve these certain strength and physique results then sometimes there's some other things that we need to work on and you know there's a number of different ways that it can be done so I guess that's why it comes back to like not just having a generic one size fits all because that's not going to you're probably if you were to just follow something generic having 52 weeks of the year that you really love and enjoy probably isn't that realistic because it would have a whole bunch of this stuff that's not individual to you and not, you know, taking into consideration your likes, dislikes, et cetera. Um, and I think it, it is funny because, you know, there's a number of different things. Like sometimes it's just like this exercise, you know, not liking it. And there are other exercises that we can substitute them. Sometimes it can be down to the gym as well. Like, and that's something I always get when I actually don't know the gym myself, um, you know, we'll get the goals and, you know, know yourself like to go through and video okay like what is in the gym give me a bit of a like a 360 view because you know programming different things it's like I don't want to program you something that's on one side of the gym and then you've got to go to the other side of the gym and now you're kind of being a hog it's like those things are important to you know have that communication and, and feel like not scared to be like hey like these things are in opposite ends. It's really inconvenient to try and like manage and work that in. It's like, all right, cool. Like that feedback's important, you know? Um, so we can program something that you're not yeah. feeling like you're running around the gym doing an endurance-based workout when you're trying to do some strength training. <laughs> Getting in those steps. Yeah. Or like, I know one of the other girls had... um it's one of the pieces of equipment was just always taken. And it's like mm. a conversation of like, okay, is it, I don't want to do this cause I'm kind of shit at it and I just want to avoid it. Or is it like actually really inconvenient and it's just not working and it's just annoying the whole actual like feel and layout of the workout. Let's adjust it and let's change it. And I think that's mm. yeah, definitely so important. It's so important. So I wanted to speak a little bit more again on, I know we kind of briefed and there's so, so many different rabbit holes for us to go down, but we really like did dust over real quick around the constant dieting. Um, you know, that, that like a year and a half of just trying to be in a deficit and the impact that that would have had on like your mental space of not being able to be necessarily compliant for that whole time. You're going to be dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was exhausting. Um, you know, I, 
as I said, it was about 14, I think it was about 1460 calories I was on. And that was every day. There was no sort of high carb days or anything like that, or nothing sort of coordinated to tie in around my training or anything like that. Um, and at the time, I'm pretty sure I was training about five days a week. Um, and five days a week was sort of on those kind of calories. By sort of Saturday, Sunday, I was just spent, you know, it's really hard to still, you know, go to work every day, train every day, um, be a mom and, and a wife and do all the family stuff every day when you're running on empty all the time. Um, and not even that, it was also the expectation of what foods I should be eating. Um, so there was a really high expectation of, um, you know, only healthy foods. There was none of the, you know, 80, 20 stuff that you and I talk about often, you know, having that 80%, um, healthy foods and then 20% soul foods, you know, so things like, you know, pizza and all those kind of things, even sushi and all those kind of things were completely off the table. Um, I remember I told you the story about the advent calendar at Christmas. Yes. Yes. So my family and I, we have this tradition every year. Um, we all get an advent calendar, um, you know, religiously every single year. It's what we do right leading up to Christmas. We all have our advent calendars um, and that was a no-go. No advent calendar. I wasn't allowed, no chocolate. Um, and it was really, really difficult for me, but on the, you know, not enjoying that with my family. But on the flip side, I was so in a way mentally programmed to not have that food anymore that I felt like if I even thought about it you know it was going to ruin everything that I'd worked for you know one chocolate for you know 25 days was going to ruin all of the progress and all of the hard work that I'd put in um so it was really that it was um yeah really there was just yeah, it was really restrictive and I'd been like that for a really long time. And I remember when, um, I remember going out for my birthday, my 40th birthday, um, yeah. we went, yeah, we went to a restaurant for dinner um, and the my PT, who was also my friend at the time, came along to dinner and I remember her commenting on what I was eating and, you know, how much fat was in the food I was eating. Getting and, worked up again. <laughs> I know, I know. And commenting on how much fat was in the food and really just watching every piece of food that I put in my mouth. Um, and it was one special occasion. It was my 40th birthday. And even at the time, I agreed with her. I'm like, oh, maybe I need to, you know, not... I need to not eat as much. I need to maybe slow down and just eat a little bit of, of everything that came out and not eat what I was comfortable eating um, because I just felt so um, judged, so judged and so fearful of food that I'd gotten to the point where um, unless it was healthy, it was vegetables, it was chicken, it was broccoli, you know, it very, very rarely went in my mouth. Yeah. And then when, when I kind of, broke up with <laughs> this PT um it was would have been oh, I think about Christmas time um of was it 21 2020 2020 2020 would have been before we were working together so I think yeah so it would have been about the Christmas New Year so 2020 2021 um and I just instantly felt this relief of, you know, 
not feeling that pressure all the time. Um, it took me a really long time though to get over that. Um, I think the food fear, I carried that for a really long time. Um, I would often find myself, you know, I'd be halfway through a meal and go, oh, should I be eating this? Oh, I don't have enough vegetables on my plate, you know, or maybe I need to swap out some of this mashed potato for vegetables. Um, so it took a really long time for me to get over that. And, you know, me, pizza is my favorite food in the entire world. I could eat pizza every so day for the be. rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and so for 18, almost 20 months, I didn't touch pizza. I just, I just didn't. Um, and then, yeah, it took me sort of a really long time to, to get over that. But I still think um, even at the point where I thought I was over it, that's when I started working with you. But then when we started talking deficits and things like that, we did try a deficit for a while and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't commit to it the way that I really wanted to because I hadn't really addressed those food fears from before. So I really sort of hadn't worked out um, that mindset and really bringing myself back to really unpicking how I felt about it. And then, you know, we tried a deficit and I think we were, we were working on 12 weeks. I think we cut it short at eight. I'm like, this isn't working. You know, we need to sort of, I'm not in the right mindset for this. Um, and then when we tried another one, I think it was about maybe five months later. I think so. We did only run it for a shorter period. So maybe about six or eight weeks. So we took some baby steps there. And then that one worked a little bit better. And then this one that I've just finished recently that we did for the photo shoot, which started in January, we ran from January through to April. So it was what's about 17 weeks. Um, totally different, totally different ball game. We, we smashed that, you know, I think what well, I lost about seven or eight centimeters off my waist. I was committed. I, but I felt so much more understood by you. Um, yeah. We'd kind of ironed out all of those bugs and really picked into the weeds about what was going on in the background there. And we were able to make it work. Um, so yeah, really having that focus on that 80-20 was massive for me. You know, I didn't feel that constant restriction because I knew, okay, so I'm going to work really hard, but I can still have that chocolate Easter egg if I want to. Um so just, it was a complete, it took a really long time. Well, how long have we been working together now? Almost. Well, yeah. August. 20 months. Yeah. And, and so it's taken so long for me to get, to get to this point and really get to the bottom of all of that and repair all of that damage that was done over that time. And it wasn't physical damage, but it was definite mental, um, that mental hardship that I went through and just that fear of food, um, that fear of not necessarily, um, and the fear of the calorie deficit, you know, I don't want to go back into a deficit because I remember how traumatic it was last time. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I think, but having you there to say, okay, enough's enough. We don't need to do this anymore. Let's go back to something else and make like, let's just focus on this. Let's focus on our deadlift. Let's get strong. Let's build those calories up make them worthwhile, put them to good use, put them to F, like to work in the gym. Um, so the deficit wasn't the focus, which was massive for me because I'd spent so long with that being the only focus. 
Yeah. So knowing that there was alternatives to being in a calorie deficit, like maintenance, living maintenance, it's the best place to be. Um, <laughs> and now not afraid of potentially going into a bulk. So 12 months ago, that would have terrified me. I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that. I'm not comfortable with that. Um, but at the time I felt like I wasn't really comfortable anywhere. Yeah. Um, like the deficit was scary, but the fear of eating extra, extra calories and potentially putting on weight was also terrifying. So it was really, um, it was a mind fuck. Honestly, it was. That's really yeah. the only only way to describe it. That, um, that I was, yeah, I was kind of not comfortable in either either of those zones. Um, so we did spend quite a while in maintenance, um, which was great. So it really allowed me to see that life isn't a calorie deficit. <laughs> I think that's really powerful for people to hear is because so many people are just constantly stuck in this and, and it's not, it's not a fault of your own. Like it, it is that, that pretend, you know, quite restrictive, like orthorexia is a literally a thing of like obsessive clean eating, like just anything, like, you know, just what you were saying. And it's like having those kind of disordered behaviors around food and having, I remember a lot of resistance in even talking about food and, you know, it's like, okay, like can read the room. It's like, we're not going to push that. Like, let's pull us out. But I think it's really important to hear is like, the, the previous experience that you kind of have shared on, it's like was very much focused around us. We just need to be smaller and non-existent of ourselves yeah. and quiet ourselves and dull ourselves. And that's why it's like night and day to look at your confidence now. But then it's like, you're like, I remember chatting and like your goals were never like, yes, physique goals. And like, yes, it's fun. And like, we had that then, but it was never like, I just want to you know, I'd want to lose like 20 kilos or lose 20 centimeters of like all this like crazy deficit stuff. It was more along the lines of like, I want to feel good, like mm. in my training and like my training's important. You had that sporting background and like, yes, the physique byproduct of that as well. And it's fun to kind of like shape our body and do these things. But there was like, I want to get strong and build muscle. And I also want to be a leaner version, but it wasn't like a, we need to go diet for 20 weeks, um, 20 weeks, 20 months. <laughs> No, and, and that's the thing. I, I never wanted to be, you know, everyone wants to be a little bit leaner, but my goal was never to be smaller, you know, if that makes sense. You know, you yeah. always want to, from my eyes, you know, being strong and being fit and being healthy and being able to, you know, think to myself in 20 years' time, I still want to be able to hike a mountain if I want to, like have the, that future um, planning now so future me can still go out and do adventures and have fun and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, being fit and strong was massive for me, but I could never be fit and strong during that time because I was exhausted all the time. Um, you know, when I wasn't in the gym, I was always at work. I'd come home, I'd eat dinner and I'd go to bed because I just didn't have enough fuel to keep going. No energy. Um, Else. Yeah, I was a professional sleeper. Honestly, <laughs> I was. I just, I was, hey, I can still do it now. I'm, you know, but honestly, I just was, but I wasn't getting good sleep either because no. I was just, I was beyond tired. I was fatigued. My body was run down. I was run down. My brain was exhausted because it was never getting enough food and fuel and things like that. Um, it was just a constant cycle of rinse and repeat and exhaustion. Yeah. Um, I'm 
it's fucked. Like I just, I mean, you know, and obviously, <laughs> you know, we've spoken about this so much, but even just hearing more of your, like more of the mindset around this stuff, it's, you know, it's a huge shift and a huge change. And like, just being able to have the conversation around the foods that you were eating. It's like, let's have a look at what's happening, obviously in this, you know, the most recent successful fat loss phase. It's like, okay, let's see what kind of things we can tidy up. And I know that especially those that have worked with previous coaches, I do get a bit of resistance and not always, like I'm not saying bad things about, you know, all coaching, not, not at all. I don't mean it in that way, but someone who has maybe potentially had a more restrictive approach and like, no, only do this, especially with, someone like yourself, hard worker. I'm, you know, I want that to the dot. I want to, you know, hit 120 grams of this and hundred, you know, it's like you're going to take perfectionist that. mindset. Yeah. yeah Which is detrimental in itself sometimes, especially yeah. in that kind of situation. Like we want to use it for good, not evil. And it's like, let's focus on the stuff. Like let's use that perfectionist with our lifts in the gym rather than our food on that night out. And I'm like, it just flashed back is I'd love to hear your perspective actually on, I know that we all went for dinner after the photo shoot and I know we're kind of jumping around between a lot of stuff here, but that's us. So if I can keep up with it, we might put some timestamps on this episode, but (laughs) I'd love to hear like the experience that you had obviously with your 40th birthday comparatively to the experience after the photo shoot um, in terms of eating out and eating dinner and that either judgment or lack of judgment like what was your experience there Uh, again night and day um you know me two years ago would have pre-planned I would have looked at the menu I would have decided what I was having I would have put it in my fitness pal as best I possibly could to know exactly what I would have been eating on the night I probably would have um restricted through the day So while we're at the photo shoot, I wouldn't have, you know, I probably wouldn't have eaten anything because I would have known I was going out for dinner that night. Um, So it would have been super restrictive. You know, I would have had a protein shake for breakfast, maybe, um, you know. Three tomatoes. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, three tomatoes and a piece of cheese (laughs) throughout the day and then still would have only had one thing off the menu for dinner. Yeah. Um, because I would have been so scared of going over my calories for the day that, you know, I would have been stressed about it the entire day. Yeah. Potentially also ruining the photo shoot because I would have been constantly under that food stress for dinner that night. Yeah. Stress, comfortable, like. Yeah. Like, and just, just panicked in myself because, you know, what if it's not what I've tracked? What if it's higher than I've tracked? What if I'm going over and I don't know it? Um, so all that kind of, food fear and phobia would have been on my mind the entire day um but this time around you know when we went to the shoot I didn't care you know I knew I I had looked at the menu a couple of days before and I was having this 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 and this it was a beautiful menu. yeah <laughs> I know I'm like I can't decide so I know Ellie was with me and so her and I we got you know I think four dishes between the two of us and we shared and yeah. I didn't count a single thing. Um, and I even put that in my check-in. I'm like, you know, these calories for this check-in don't include Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, people need to hear your physique remained the same. Yeah. Yep. And no, I knew no. that when I got home, um, you know, if I measured myself on Monday morning and I'll be like, ooh, but I knew it was only temporary, you know, Absolutely. it was because I ate, you know, um, two dishes with cheese in it the night before. And it wasn't going to be an issue. It was just bloat was going to go away. Um, 
So just that whole shift. And it was really funny because I remember thinking to myself, you know, oh, I'm going to have this, 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 and this. And I remember my daughter coming into the room and going, what are we having? And I told her and she's like, yeah. (laughs) It was just so excited. Um, And yeah, just thinking about that compared to what it would have been, you know, two years ago, I don't even think I would have gone to dinner. Honestly, I probably would have stressed myself so much throughout the day that I would have potentially gone, no, it's possibly not worth it for me because I can't track 100% to the calorie of what I'm going to eat that night. Um, And yeah, as I said, that my fitness pal obsession um, was, yeah, really unhealthy, Mm. really unhealthy. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to take a quick break to let you know how you can work with me. I currently have places inside of the Glow Up program. If you don't know what this is, it is a completely personalized programming, nutrition, and education online coaching service. I've specifically designed this to help women get strong and shape their physique, whether that's lose fat, build muscle, or both. The Glow Up is best suited for women who love lifting, but haven't ever had their programming or nutrition customized specifically to them. Maybe you've dabbled in some classes or you've seen some results from PDFs and other app programs. You want to get better, more efficient and long-term sustainable results, all whilst learning a whole heap about your body along the way. Maybe you've had a coach before, but you're still struggling with overtraining, undereating, and that all or nothing fixed mindset approach. Nothing is ever good enough and you want to be able to hit those results without constantly crashing and burning or just burning the candle at both ends. To claim your spot, DM me the glow up on Instagram or hit the show notes for your application form. I'll be in touch to let you know for a good fit. And, and it's, you know, obviously like, thanks for sharing it and like reflecting on that stuff too is, you know, it's not just you woke up two years later and now that's not there anymore. It's the hard work. It's the showing up. It's the challenging conversations. It's the taking my fitness pal away, putting, you know, higher and lower days, playing around with the strategies that we use. And we have very much like used a million different strategies. Both have been like, some have been successful in some times and then not successful in other times. And I think that's one thing that people often miss is they just think, oh, this strategy worked for me now. So I'm just going to do that all the time. And it's like, we kind of need to read the room of our lives, you know, okay, what's Mm. going on here? What are we going to do there? And I guess like share a little bit of like insight from my side of things when it comes to eating out, I do also remember a period of time where it was just like, I'm just ordering a grilled piece of chicken and salad because, you know, heaven forbid there's fucking oil on there or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Do you want dressing? No way. Yeah, all of it on the <laughs> side, right? And so I'm not demonizing that because sometimes that actually is helpful when I am mm. going out and it's not like it's in a fat loss phase and it's not something that I really care for eating much I'm simply just eating a meal out yeah I'll order a piece of chicken and salad and dressing on the side from a much more educated and empowered space of the decision making around it but when it comes to those like eating out and going out for dinner it's funny because I, I really try to not talk about the food 
Um, because I know obviously being the coach that sometimes, you know, and especially having very individual relationships and everyone's, you know, that's, that's part, that's part of the fun, you know, having that connection. But I know for some people having that discussion out in a, you know, in public might be a little bit much. Then I've also got the other side of things where some are so intrigued about like, oh, can you tell me about like, how would you look at this food on my plate and like talk about things and like have those conversations. And it is, it's like, it's that mixed level of like, let's talk about it a little. Obviously I'm very passionate about nutrition, but let's all just also ensure that we can eat this regardless of what the fuck's on the plate, like at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It was just, I remember that. And I, I was saying like at the table, I was just like, um, I'm just going to stop talking. You're like, no, 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 like keep going. Like, I want to know more. And I was like, I, let's just eat the food and let's not pick it to pieces. Like we'll, we'll chat about it another time. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, I said to you in my check-in on the Sunday night, I'm like, this does not include any calories from Saturday or Sunday. This is Monday to Friday because Saturday and Sunday um, well, Saturday we had the shoot and then the dinner that night. Sunday I spent the day in Sydney with my daughter. You know, we we had cheesecake for lunch. Like <laughs> we just we went out. We had a great day. I didn't track a single thing. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm totally okay with this. Um, you know, it's one day in my entire journey that I've been going through, and it's not going to ruin all the hard work that I've put in. And it's not like I stopped my calorie deficit and I jumped straight into eating garbage every single day. No. It was it was one nice dinner with some friends. It was a day out in Sydney with my daughter, which we never get to do. So it was kind of a special occasion. You know, we had some nice food. We had some nice desserts. You know, Monday came around. I went back to having, you know, what I would normally have. And there was no... Um, yeah, I didn't lose anything whatsoever from that. If anything, I just, you know, gained, gained a couple of really good days. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, and memories and, you know, good times with friends and family and things like that, that was so much more important to me than hitting my macros for the day. Absolutely. And I think like, you know, obviously there's, there's, different types of people that are going to be listening to this as well. And I guess like really reflecting on coming from that really restrictive space of that, you know, I remember having conversations in the check-ins to say it's one day, like when certain things would come up and it's one day because you're so compliant and doing all the things, you know what I mean? And it's like all of that stuff. It's like we're hyper-focused on something that actually isn't that beneficial to the outcome that we're trying to achieve right now and really shifting into like fueling and doing those things. And I, I do remember it's funny. I can I, I can't tell you the exact dates I'd have to go in there but I do remember those pivotal moments where I'd read your check-in and I'm like you're there you know like all this work <laughs> that we've done it's like okay you're like all right I actually had pizza last night and I'm okay with it and I'm like fuck yes like <laughs> you know yep. what I mean because it was from that space of like don't even touch that that's the devil it's like what yeah yep and now I sort of look at it and I think to myself, I'm pretty sure because I had the pizza on the Friday night and the next morning I went into the gym and I had a heavy lift day and I'm like, well, this pizza's going to good use, isn't it? Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and having that mindset of, you know, having those, you know, as I said, having the pizza, it's not bad. It's one meal. Um, and you know what? I can put it to good use the next day in the gym. I'm not losing anything. You know, we talk about building our carbs around those training sessions anyway. So I'm like, hey, it's win-win, you know. So Absolutely. Um, and that that real 80-20 for me has been massive um, because having that 
20% where, you know, if I want to, I can, you know, have an Easter egg or, you know, I can have, um, you know, I know people think this is healthy, but, you know, rice cakes with peanut butter and jam before I go to the gym. Um, so having that, it's for me, I look at it now as this is fuel for me to be able to go in and throw heavy shit around. Um, so, yeah, just that whole shift in mindset has been massive. For sure. And even and there's no that, guilt either. That's so. it. Yeah. As I say, the, there's no guilt. And even if you didn't train the next day, it's also okay. You know, yeah, it's still okay. You're absolutely. And it is like, it's, it's taken a really long time. And I think like just even hearing how much progress you have made and the success of this most recent fat loss phase is all of the challenges, the triumphs, the everything that you've done over the last, you know, a couple of years to get you to that point, but being okay with coming out of that deficit and spending time at maintenance and really focusing on those lifts and really just kind of, dare I say, stepping into your power, but like, you know, elevating yourself to that space of like eating enough food. And a lot of people, when we kind of, when I throw the maintenance calories around, I often get, you know, fuck, that's a lot of food. (laughs) And then when we really go into the deficit, we iron out all of the, you know, old bad habits and, you know, past traumas, everyone's like, fuck, I'm hungry now. And I'm like, I I told you, I told you. And I remember saying to you at the end of my deficit, I'm like, I'm almost, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to be done with this. You know, my lifts feel heavy. Everything's starting to feel tired. Recovery is getting slower. Um, You know, I'm ready to now move out because, I need to, I need to really be able to, I feel like I'm getting, I'm not getting weaker, but you you know, my, my top set's good, but my second and my third sets I'm spent by the time I get to set three. And, you know, for me, again, that's this whole high achiever perfectionist mindset that I have is I need to be sending it for every single set. Um, and, I'm and like, when I can't set, do that, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. and I know that's what you're telling me, but in my mind, I'm like, no, no, this is not how we run things here. Um, so yeah, I was kind of by the end of the deficit, I'm like, oh man, I'm ready to come out. Like I'm ready to go back to sort of having that fuel and, and feeling like I'm hitting things in the gym again. Um, instead of just getting to the end of my second and beginning my third set and going, I really need to go and lie down. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I think like, you know, thinking about like reversing that sort of stuff up or fueling more, a lot of people get wrong that they still sit in the, oh, I don't want to hit those maintenance calories. And it's like, no, like, and I know for a while there, it was always, you would kind of undershoot it. And I would try and bump things up because I knew you were going to undershoot it based on where we'd, and again, like, and and that's why it's so individual, you know, like Mm, I'm like, under was better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like really shifting out of that mindset of like, no, all of this food, like eat it all, not like, oh, I beat it today. No, no, no. There's no beating. The, thing, the only thing you're beating, I'm going to beat your ass and you're going to beat your ass <laughs> in the gym. <laughs> but I think like, can you share a little bit about like spending for those? Cause I know some people have a lot of resistance to not dieting and, you know, not always being in a deficit or even coming out of a deficit early. And I'd love to hear what, like your experience on that, because I know in the moment, there's probably a little bit of resistance and potentially a bit of shame and guilt. Um, I hope not for long, but it's like, you know, those things and those, those normal, I guess, thoughts and feelings, but then on the flip side of that, how you may have not been able to achieve the most recent results if you hadn't have done that back then. So what's your experience yeah. on that? Um, well, those last two deficits that I did, um, both of them, we came out early. 
Um, and the first one was about four weeks early. The second one, I think, was, it was only about a week or two, um, yeah. but it was still early. And, yeah, it was really, really, um, it was a huge mental struggle for me because I'm like, I would, the first deficit, I was still in that place of deficit is a place to be, um, you know, tracking those calories, having that obsession, really, you know, locking it in and making things super restrictive. But on the other side of things was, you know, in the back of my mind was I still carried that fear from before. Um, and so I knew that being in a deficit was, to me, a deficit meant um, there was structured no training. Yeah. yeah. Like everything was hard. Um, so it was really, it was a real um, mental struggle for me because I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't giving it everything that I knew I needed to, to achieve what I wanted to achieve. But on the flip side, in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, this is the right thing. Um, because I still carried that. Um, I have to be deficit, is, deficit is good. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. And so that's why when you and I, I remember having the conversation with you because I'd, I'd done a check-in and in my mind, I'm like, no, I need to talk about this. I need to book in. I need to call you because um, I was just so torn between and, you know, staying in the deficit, but feeling like I wasn't really committed to the deficit. Um, and so I remember talking to you on the phone and, we kind of nutted it out and sort of said, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like I'm not as committed as I should be. And you're like, cool, let's pull out. Let's just drop it and let's move on. Um, let's focus on something else. Get us out of that um, mental restrictive stage and work on something else. And that's when we really started to focus on chasing that deadlift. Yeah. So we, we just shifted our priority there to something that was more, away from focus on calories, more on how can we use calories to better improve your strength. So that's when we really knuckled down and um, we did the, um, I think we did two cycles of real heavy deadlifts for, oh, we, we ran it for what, about 16 weeks, I think. I think and about that. In my mind, that helped me so much because it, I was lifting so heavy and really chasing those big numbers that I couldn't have been able to do that if I was in a deficit. Yeah. And it kind of made me realize that, you know, okay, you've got to keep feeding yourself if you want to keep doing this and, and letting go of the scale as well. Yes. The scale for me was like a noose around my neck. <laughs> every day I jumped on the scale and every day I would get frustrated because, you know, I'm in a deficit, but I'm not losing anything. Um, and you know, I know we do measurements and things like that, but I just felt like the scale was just weighing me down. And so for a while there, we just didn't use it. We're like, okay, let's get rid of it. Is let's it off? Not, it's not helping yeah, us. <laughs> not focus on the scale. Let's get rid of it. Let's just focus on, you know, our measurements and our lifts and how we actually feel as opposed to a number on a on a piece of equipment that adds no value to my life whatsoever. Absolutely. It doesn't doesn't define who I am or it doesn't make me a different person because it went up by 200 grams. No. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a huge one for me to be able to let that go. And I think we brought it back slowly. I think we only weighed in a couple of days a week 
um, to be able when we decided to bring it back in. And now it means nothing to me. It's just a number. I know that one day I'll get on. And if I had, you know, a big lifting day yesterday and my muscles are fatigued and there's some fluid retention in there, I might be up, you know, one and a half kilos. Or, you know, if I'm moving into my cycle and I know that I'm going to be bloated and, um, you know, maybe two kilos up, but I know that in a week's time, it's going to drop back down and, you know, it's all normal. Yeah. So again, that took a lot for me to, you know, I remember saying to you one time, um, we were in a, I think it was the second deficit and I went up like 500 grams and I'm like, oh, what's happening? And I'm like, no, this is, it's normal behavior. Just calm down. Like fucking chill out. I think okay. <laughs> it is like good to check yourself, but I think it's also like good to hear is that there's a lot of resistance around scale. And especially if we see things go up and, you know, I won't go into all the details about the thing that impact it, but it's like using it as a data point rather than a self-worth point. Cause that's completely not what it is. Right. But then also realizing, okay, there was a bit of work to be done. There's other things that we're kind of trying to chase right now that are more priority for us, maybe setting boundaries within, you know, work, life balance, all that kind of stuff. We should probably talk oh, about that yeah. is because <laughs> then it's like we removed it. But then when we were able to be ready to read it for what it is, rather than have this hold on us, that's when we bring it back. And I feel as though just, you know, in my position and working with a lot of people and then speaking to a lot of people about this stuff is that there's the resistance in bringing something back because it took so much out of us before. And I think it's really important to explain that when we're in a more informed and educated and new place within ourselves and our life, it can actually be a really positive tool to help us make better decisions, whether this be our scale or whether this be our, my fitness pal, it's like for in a period of time, we might need to, you know, loosen the reins and remove it completely. But if we always just leave it to be this looming thing, it becomes this massive cloud over our head of like, well, fuck, if I ever do that again, I'm going to be back to square one. Whereas being able to bring that back in. And I actually was watching your um, scale purely because I was like, all right, let's just make sure I know that we're going to be fatigued and tired. We're a little bit stressed coming into the photo shoot. Like I know this is a big thing for you. And I saw the weight stay consistent for a couple of weeks and you said nothing about it. And I was like, here we fucking go. Like we are on. It just didn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it had, no bearing, had no bearing on my life whatsoever. Um, yeah. It was just a number on a page that we track for, um, you know, we just track for data purposes, as you said. Um, as you said, the numbers on the measurements were coming down. I was feeling good. So I, you know, it just, it was just a data point. It was a, a piece of information that I gave to you for check-in purposes. Um, and it didn't impact on, had no hold on me, which was so nice to be able to just let that go. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just been such a relief. You know, I previously I'd get up in the morning. The first thing I would do is get on the scale and I'd be like, oh, Okay. So now I have to wait till tomorrow to do it again. You know, yeah. let's hope that it's changed when I get on tomorrow. Whereas now it's just part of my morning routine. Get up, jump on the scale, write it down, get on with Look my day. The averages, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's not, it's doesn't have that mental hold on me like it used to. And same with my fitness pal. Now, again, it's just a data point that I use to track my progress. It's not be all and end all that I have to hit it to exactly the gram and 
you know, if I miss a day, so be it. You know, it's not the end of the world. Right. I still know what I ate yesterday. There's 364 I, other days. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't put it in my fitness pal, it doesn't take away from the fact that I potentially didn't hit my macros because I know now um, I'm so in tune with what I eat and I'm so used to measuring and, um, you know, I can pretty much eyeball what I'm eating. Building so the knowledge doesn't go, and education. Exactly. So, and I think over time, teaching myself and doing my own research and doing, you know, my own Googling. Um, and you've helped me with so much of that is because I hear you talk about things and I'm like, oh, I want to know more. So I'll get on my phone and I'll do some research or um, a couple of people who I follow on Instagram. I love their stories because they're so detailed and they're so, um, I think we should, we spoke about Ben Carpenter the other day. Yes. Um, obsessed with him because he's so into the facts and the data and for me the that's research. massive yeah. yeah you know he's got that foundation and I love to listen to to the, all the things that he says because I find him super knowledgeable and I always take something away from whatever he says and I'm like oh that's really interesting I wonder how um, I can find out more so then you know, I've bought his book and all that kind of stuff. You end up going down that rabbit hole and God forbid, if I get started on YouTube, like, you know, <laughs> you end up on the YouTube spiral. Um, oh. but yeah. Like knowledge is definitely power in that space there. Like, and I Absolutely. think my knowledge working with you has increased and it's given me that confidence to let that other shit go. It's so, it's so good to hear, like, just that you've found that. And, and again, like self-led, like, you know, hearing and sparking something or even bringing stuff back to give you credit where credit's due. I know that you'll drop in. I, I have heard about this, or you might shoot it through and be like, oh, what do you, you know, what do we think about this? Could we try something like this? And I think that's so important is because like, I'm not going to sit here and say, I know absolutely everything. I am the elite of the elite. Like what the fuck? No, no one is really like, we're always learning and growing. And especially, you know, being able to be like, Hey, like, I actually don't know about that. Let's investigate more or just having those conversations, I think are so valuable. Um, and are often missed, I think in just in general life, like not just a coaching mm, relationship. Absolutely. I think we're just like, oh, okay, that's, it is what it is. And don't challenge that belief or have any deeper conversations around it. I really wanted to talk a little bit more about the photo shoot, the experience there, the confidence, the shorts in particular. I think that's a very, very important point. Um, no rules about when we can and can't wear shorts, guys. Um, but also then talking a little bit about the work-life balance. Because I think when we caught up at the beginning of the year, really talking about the, the goals and the vision for the year, I think, like, correct me if I'm wrong, the quote for the year was like 2023, the year of me or something about that. Correct. There yep. we go. Spot on. And it's like, <laughs> because, you know, like, again, high achiever, perfectionist, people pleaser, want to help, you know, um, being able to say no and set some boundaries from a place of like valuing yourself, your family, et cetera. I think that was a, a big hurdle that you really overcame um, and probably ties in really well into the photo shoot anyway. So tell me a little bit more about this saying no. Yeah. So um, yeah, as you said, I've, I've got a super crazy busy job. Um, and at the end of last year, it was taking up so much of my life. Like I was doing, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. It was just intense. It was super stressful. We had a lot going on. Um, and it just kind of felt like it was 
eating into my personal life. As you said, I'm not one to say no. I'm not one to leave work unfinished. Um, I'm notorious for making sure that everything I have to do is done. Um, and at the time, the work that I had to do really outweighed the time that I had to do it. So I was spending a lot of time at work um, to the detriment of my family, um, my health, my training, everything like that was kind of falling to the wayside because work was just chaotic. Um, and you and I had spoken about, you know, setting boundaries and, you know, really expressing um, you know, that this wasn't practical, it wasn't sustainable. Um, and I found that super challenging because for me, setting that boundary in the workplace was really hard because I did have that um, perfectionist mentality. Like I really have, um, I'm really opposed to letting people down and not doing a good job and, you know, a really high work ethic. So, I kind of saw that as a reflection of me personally, if I wasn't going to um, be giving everything that I thought they wanted from me. Um, and I know you and I had a really big conversation about setting those boundaries and the impact that it was having and <laughs> how it was, you know, impacting my training. I was constantly exhausted because, you know, I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning and training, going to work and working like, you know, 7.30 through till six. And then, you know, these really long days and, you know, seeing my family in passing again as I fell into bed. Um, so we talked about, I sort of said to you, I need to raise this as work, at work. And this was after we had the conversation about, you know, 2023, is going to be about me. Um, so yeah, I ended up going back to, I made a couple of notes and things like that of things I wanted to talk about when I met with my boss and, you know, really saying to her, look, you know, this isn't working for me. Um, I know how busy we are, but this is not sustainable. It's not healthy. Um, I'm working all of these hours and not being able to take time with my family and it's impacting on, you know, the things that I enjoy outside of work. So, you know, going to the gym, spending time with um, my friends and my family and, you know, really spoke to her about what kind of solutions we could come up with in the workplace that would allow me to basically have my personal life back. Um, because for a period of time there, I lost, I, I was work. That was, that kind of became my personality for a little while there because we were so, um, I was so committed to that. Um, so, yeah, really drawing back on my lack of commitment to my family, my lack of commitment to the goal that I'd set for myself. Um, so kind of having that moment of going, no, this is my priority. So, yeah, anyway, going back to my boss, sort of, you know, really outlining this is what's happening. These are where my goals are outside of work. Um, and I feel like work is really impacting on me achieving what I need to achieve. Um, and so that was kind of a difficult conversation. It was not a, not necessarily a difficult conversation, but it was difficult for me personally to have that conversation. From her side of things, it was perfectly fine. Yeah, she totally understood. But in my eyes, I felt like I'm just letting this team down. You know, this is something that I've committed to. This is my work. This is my job. This is my livelihood. How dare I put myself as a priority? Um, and then upon having that conversation with her, 
she's like, yeah, this is totally fine. I can see that, you know, you're overworked. We don't have the capacity to manage this demand. Um, and she totally got it. So in my eyes, I'd built it up to be this massive thing. Um, but when I took it to them and we spoke about it, it really wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be because in my mind, again, that that high achiever professional mindset got in my own way. Um, so I, I remember us having like some pretty, in, not intense combos, but a lot of conversations around like just challenging that perspective and that belief. And I think why I feel so confident to have that challenging <laughs> combo is because I was once in that position of like, mm. I am work, you know, yeah. I work hard. I'm a hard worker. I identify as that. So, okay, if you want me to work for 20 hours straight, I'll do it. And I'll do it. Yeah. I still have to pull myself up on, you know, even today I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to work until midnight. Like it's a little bit different. Obviously this is, you know, this is fun stuff, but um, that stress, high stress environment. But I remember sort of challenging that perspective and that belief of, you know, it, it is, it's from a place of like fear of like, okay, I'm not going to be, I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. But then when you flip the other side of that coin and you go, actually, I'm actually doing a disservice to my whole team unless I actually voice up and speak and be like, hey, you're a solutions focused person. So this is the thing. You're not a complainer. You're not a whinger. No. It's like your solutions focus and going, hey, like I can see here that yes, this is impacting me from a, you know, a personal standpoint as well, but also like reflecting on that within the team, we're all quite overworked. There is a really large demand. Like what are the things that we can do as a business to find a solution to fix this? Like, can we automate things? Can we delegate stuff? Can we change things around? And like that mentality and that mindset is completely different different to stamping a foot in the ground being like, no, I just want to sign off at work at 6 p.m. because I want to go to the gym. And it's like, yeah gifting that it's like that's that little pivotal moment of like it's not all about me and I think I'm hard done by because that's where that self-talk comes in to be like oh you're just yeah yeah and that's yeah and and that's the thing I didn't want to be I didn't want to feel like I was whinging you know I'm not I don't want to be the complainer but when I looked at it and I thought you know what across our entire team, this is not sustainable. We need to come up with a way to, you know, to make sure that everyone is being able to see their family, you know, but the work is still getting done. So, and it was really good because we were able to have a really frank conversation with the leaders in our team to be able to um, basically come up with a way that everyone was able to, you know, and yeah, everyone was able to win. And, you know, there's still days where I will work through to six o'clock, Absolutely. but it's not every day and yeah. it's not impeding on my life now. So, you know, I know that, balance. yeah, that work-life balance is so much better now. Um, and especially for my family, because yeah, there was a period of time there where I would see them for, you know, and maybe an hour or two hours at night. And that was it because I just couldn't drag myself away from my commitment to work. Yeah. Um, whereas now I've really reshifted that focus to, okay, I've got a commitment to work, but what's my commitment to me and what's my commitment to my family? So really setting those boundaries at work saying, you know, and saying to my boss on some mornings, hey, look, today I really have to finish at four. At four o'clock, that's my finish time. I'm out the door today. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe on Thursday, if there's things we need to catch up on, I can stay back for half an hour or an hour. But really saying, look, these are my commitments outside of work. Can we work around that? 
So having that flexibility, if they still need me, great. But if there's a day where I can, you know, cut out a little bit early, then I'm going to do that as well. So just having those boundaries and having my boss understand what my commitments are outside of work. Um, And it was really good because I actually spoke to her about the photo shoot. Yeah. When we started talking about it in January and February, I said, look, this is coming up and this is what I'm going to need to do. And especially coming to the tail end of the shoot, um, there was a period of time there at about the end of mid-March to end of March where we were getting absolutely hammered at work. Yeah, I remember. You know, we were, <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember like, telling oh. you, I was like going in and I was working on a Sunday and starting work at like five o'clock in the morning and things like that. Um, and I remember saying to her, there was a time where she's like, look, what have we got on tomorrow? I'm like, I can't commit to this. I'm going to the gym in the morning. I'm like, I'll be in at nine. Yeah. And she's like, okay, cool. That's totally fine. She's like, oh, because you, you're, you're still working for your shoot, aren't you? She's like, it's still got another maybe, you know, about a month to go. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So it was really nice to have her acknowledge that um, what I was doing outside of work, she hadn't forgotten about it. Yeah. So she was still aware that I had this commitment um, and we were able to sort of make it work. And it's actually made our relationship at work better um, because she knows now if I say, hey, you know, I've got to, I've got to leave it for today. She's like, yeah, cool. Totally fine. Um, so How yeah, having, having those boundaries is really hard initially, um, but it's given me heaps more freedom. I was going to say like that confidence that you've developed to get there, like 12 months ago, that conversation would have just been non-existent. You're like, oh, I'm not doing it that. It have happened. Yeah. I would have just, you know, kept working myself into the ground. Yeah. Um, and but communication let other things drop key. inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's just about having that confidence again, like building that, but to have that open communication. And I think like, for those that are listening that going, oh, wow, we're telling everyone, oh, not to work. No, that's not the case. No. It's like you're a hard worker. You do way too much, you know what I mean, in a sense, but you enjoy and you value that and that's totally mm. fine. And but I do, and I love my job. Um, and I love what I I love what I give to my work. Yes. But I have come to the realisation I need to put that same investment into myself. Yeah, and it's finding that balance between the two. And I, I don't like to use the word balance because really it's not a balance. It's about no. one way it's pulling this way. It's coming back that way, but just trying to get that centered space. And it's like a fat loss phase. It's like when we have a start and an end date of these are the cute times that we know the level of commitment and the fatigue and all of these things are going to occur. It's like that with work. It's like, okay, I can stick this out and run on a little bit of empty for an acute period of time. So it's like, okay, what's the end date? And the problem comes in when, whether it be anything, whether it be the fat loss phase or the work or anything like that, when we don't have that end date and it's just never ending, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no carrot dangling. We're just kind of like, fuck, when does this end and how do I do it all? And, you know, sometimes that communication and it's coming from a place of empowerment as opposed to, I'm not good enough and I can't do all this sort of stuff. It's like, no, I'm actually very capable. That's why I'm having this conversation because something needs to adjust and Mm. we need to manage those dials. And sometimes it is like at the back end of the shoot, hey, fam, you guys are going to look after dinner for this next three weeks and I'm just going to eat what I'm doing. But then also knowing that the other 50 weeks of the year, you guys eat together. It's not a back to the old days of 20 months of dieting, never eat with your family, no advent calendar. That constant uncertainty of 
yet not knowing when it's going to be, when it's going to be done. Interrupting you again with an important announcement. The glow up photo shoot is here, our biannual event. You have until the 7th of July to grab your ticket. But as history shows us, this always sells out way in advance. We've already sold three tickets on the wait list. And by the time you're listening to this recording, you'll have to check the Instagram to see how many tickets are left. This is an event not to be missed. If you are ready to step out of that comfort zone, step right into confidence, thrive and have an amazing time building the community along the way and absolutely just living your best life, then you need to grab your ticket. All the details that you'll need to know are in the show notes below. With that being said, I am also closing down my coaching applications with your last official date to sign up to coaching with me will be in a one-on-one capacity, the 7th of July. So lock it in, 7th of July, that's it. The time is now. Don't wait for the spots to fill up because if the spots fill up ahead of this date, you will miss out and things will not reopen until later on in the year. Our next photo shoot won't be until 2024. So now is the time to take the action. All right, I'll let you guys get back to the episode. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about the photo shoot. So thoughts around, because you've been around in the team when we did the first shoot. So tell me about like your thoughts around that. Let's start there. Let's start there. So the first photo shoot was that, uh, that was like September. September last year. year. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when you very first put it out there, I'm like, no, no fucking way. There is not a chance in hell I am doing this. And I know a couple of times in the check-ins, you'd be like, hey, have you considered the photo shoot? And I'd always respond to you with not happening. Like, just no. I like, love it. You, you know me by now. No, not going to happen. Oh, I don't even take selfies you. of myself, let yeah. alone get in front of a camera, let anyone else take photos of me. Um, and, you know, you kept asking a couple of times. I'm like, dude, stop. Like, we're not doing this. <laughs> Like, how much can I push the friendship here? <laughs> and so, yeah, I was like, no, get out of my face. We're not doing this. Um, and I remember I was looking at the photos and everything and I'm like, they, you know, look like it was awesome. Everyone had a great time, you know, have at it. Totally down with you guys doing this, but it's not my jam. And um, I remember when you started talking about the next one, which was, I think the end of last year, you started talking about it yeah. and, um, and you're like, so are you down for this one? And I'm still like, mm, not really, not really keen. Um, <laughs> and it's like, um, I knew that like deep, deep down, I was like, I it know. It was way deep. Yeah. I know. It was like, this was like all all down. Way down. <laughs> I'm like, the more I ask and the more you're like, oh, it's slowly going to come to the surface. I know. And I, I honestly, I'm at the point where I'm like, she's not going to give up until I say yes. I'm like, you are persistent as fuck. And <laughs> you just kept harassing me every week. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'm like, I'm not going to be happy about it, but I'm going to do it. Even if I scowl the entire time, fine. Just to get you off my back. Like, I'll take um, a cringy photo. <laughs> I'm just going to stand here. Like, yeah. um, and then, you know, we started talking about the lead up and, you know, what we'd look, what it'd look like and how we were going to start prepping. I think we said from the end of January, yeah. once you and I started talking, I think it was just after new year and, I actually decided on my own that I wanted to start a little bit earlier. So I know we talked about calories and things like that. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to set myself up. I'm just going to start 
preparing myself for a reduction in calories. So for that two weeks prior to the formal start, I think I reduced, you know, maybe a hundred calories each week just to sort of prepare myself for that process. Um, Honestly, I surprised myself with how easily I actually transitioned that time um, to the deficit and there was no fear and no resistance. And I'm like, okay, well, we're just doing it. It's just the way it is. This is this way it's going to be now. Um, and I know we started on pretty reasonable calories for the first, I think, maybe four, six weeks. And, you know, we just kind of plotted along. And then as we were moving along, we started talking about the photo shoot more. I remember we had the first... Skype call where everyone got together and we were sort of talking about it. And I remember I was really quiet in that one. I kind of I didn't remember. say much. I was just kind of listening to, um, cause a couple of the girls in there had already done it before. So I'm like, this is freaking terrifying. Um, so yeah, I just kind of sat back. I signed up. <laughs> I know. And like, they're talking about poses and outfits and I'm like, holy shit. I don't know what I'm doing. So I just kind of sat back and listened and, um, you know, took some notes and things like that while I was sitting and just listening and piping in just a little bit here and there. And um, as the time started to progress and you were sending through emails about the shoot and, you know, the WhatsApp group was going off with people sort of talking about what they were wearing and their hair and their makeup, I'm internally freaking out because... I don't know anything about this stuff. You know, I don't know how to pose. I don't know what to wear. I don't know how to stand. And I'm just like, this is really awkward for me. I don't have no idea what I'm doing. But at the time, I kind of forced myself to get a little bit more engaged in the WhatsApp group. Um, I started working on um, like my vision board of what I kind of wanted the day to look like. So starting building on things like outfits and what I would be comfortable in and I kind of didn't, I didn't want to stray away from me. I wanted to, I wanted the photo shoot to be um, very much about who I actually am, you know, not looking at things, you know, bright colors and bright outfits and all these things that are totally outside of my comfort zone since I was already going to be outside of my comfort zone. Absolutely. Um, it's so, about mm, a celebration of you. I think that's yeah. the message. Is everyone's and, unique. And- And I remember people saying, you know, they've got this and that. And I'm just like, you know, black, white and denim. That's like, that's my jam. Yeah. (laughs) That's my color scheme. Like that's as adventurous as I go. Um, But keeping that in mind, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) Um, So keeping that in my mind, I'm like, that's, that's where I'm comfortable. And as I said, I was already going to be uncomfortable because, I was, you know, in front of a camera, but then I started really thinking about what I wanted to deliver on the day. Um, So pulling a couple of things together and pulling some outfits and um, in one of our check-ins, you're like, what are you going to wear? And I'm like, I'd love to wear short shorts. And you're like, I regret that that ever since. (laughs) Ever since I opened my mouth on that day, I'm just like, holy shit, why did I say that? Every time we talked about the shoot, you're like, have you got those booty shorts yet? I'm like, no, I haven't. (laughs) Have you got the shorts yet? Get the shorts. Buy the shorts. Why haven't you got the shorts yet? I'm like, God damn woman, calm down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm surprised I didn't like try and get you to take them off on the day. Just rip them off now. (laughs) 
like, you've got the shorts on, take them off. Like, <laughs> let's just go all in. Um, and so, yeah, like leading up to the shoot, I really sort of tried to get myself a little bit more engaged with the other girls because they had that experience and they've done it before. And um, it was really great because a few of the girls had posted, um, you know, some of the poses that they were looking at and inspiration from Pinterest and all these kind of things that they'd been looking at and um, things like, you know, looking at how people pose on Instagram and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, again, still totally out of my comfort zone. Um, but it started me getting prepared. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, day of shoot, totally terrified. Yeah. Completely out of my comfort zone. But I did go and get my makeup done which made me feel amazing. I got a spray tan. Um, you know, I was probably feeling the best I've felt in a really long time. You know, I'd nailed my deficit. So I was already feeling pretty happy about that. And on the day of the shoot, I remember driving there in the morning or at lunchtime with Ailey and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> she's yeah, like, mom, she's like, you're going to be totally fine. And I'm like, but what if I'm not? <laughs> She's like, you're fine. It's all good. You look amazing. You got your outfit sorted. Like everything is going to be all G. I'm like, okay. And um, I remember when I walked in there, so I, remember you, I remember you saying to me on the day, you're like, do you want to go first? And I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> I remember, you sure? I know. Like, Definitely not. <laughs> I kind of got like the vibe of, I knew there were some girls that would love to go first and then others that would be like, don't fucking put me there first. Like I will kill you. And that was me. I'm yeah. like, do not put me first. I am not prepared for this. And I remember putting on my first outfit and I started with the one that I was most comfortable in. Yeah. So I had my active wear on. And um, cause that was the one that I was I'm happy with this. I like what I like how I look in this. I feel confident in it. I wear it in the gym every day. Like this is this is my jam. Yeah. And um, I felt so awkward and so uncomfortable um, in front of the camera. And I I remember saying to you when I got in there, I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I'm like, this That's is so weird. I just feel so out of place. Um, so the first ones were a bit awkward and you're like, just relax, like move around. And I was like doing this, I move my arms around and shit. And um, yeah. And then I started to feel a little bit more comfortable. And so, and I think that was the one that we brought Ellie in. Yes. Um, we took a couple of photos with her. And I think that kind of calmed me down a little bit because she's just a natural, like yeah. teenager, they're in front of the camera all the time. They know exactly what to do. It was all and, over. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this... I'm feeling okay. And then as the day progressed and I went from, you know, that outfit, I think I went to then like the white shirt and the denim. And um, then by the end, I said to you, I'm like, I'm still not sure about the shorts. <laughs> and what did I say? And you said, go and fucking put them on. <laughs> go. Now. And I'm just like, oh, I'm really not sure. And so like, fine I'll put them on at least if I have them on I can say I've worn them even if I don't get in front of the camera I'm like yeah shorts have been worn it's all fine um and I feel like by the end when I did that one at the end I felt actually okay I'm not going to say super confident but I felt like I got out there and I'm like this is actually not so bad um I haven't seen those photos yet so (laughs) we'll find out soon enough um but 
yeah, I by the end and I wore the shorts, I'm like, achievement unlocked. Like That's, this is <laughs> this actually doesn't so feel feel bad. Um and I know you're already harassing me for the next one. So. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I think by the time this goes up, the next one will already be released. So they can probably find it in the show notes. But yes, 100%, <laughs> lock it in. Because I feel like the second time around that you do it, I was talking to Elise about this and she's like, oh, it's so different. And like we, w- we were speaking about that confidence level and seeing yeah. And it, and it is, it's night and day again for them. And I think the really big thing, key piece of like everything you shared is awesome is like, you regret a hundred percent of the chances you don't take, you know, and I know it's cliche, but it is because at the end of the day, whether you put the shorts on and took a photo or not, no one's blasting these photos anywhere unless you want them to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like you don't, you don't even have to put it anywhere, but it's a milestone moment, whether you're happy or, you know, think, oh, okay, I want to make some changes to my physique or things like we, we're always our own worst critic. Like so many of the photos, I'm <laughs> like, oh, these are beautiful. Like, I hope everyone sees themselves through the lens I see them through. It's like the achievements that you did, but then it's like, it's a milestone recognition and a reminder of the achievement that you unlocked. Mm. You put the photo, uh, you put the shorts on and you had a photo in them. Like that is huge from not even sending check-in photos, you know, in the very beginning stage, all the hard work to get here. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the time sensitive goal, like how did that impact this fat loss phase? I think massively. There, there There was a point in time that I knew something was happening on this day. Yeah. And something that I was uncomfortable about and I wanted to put myself in the best position I could to um, to achieve that goal at that time. So I knew that I needed to work hard and I had the 29th of April, that was the day. And so having that, fire. yeah, having that target, I'm like, I don't want to show up on that day and not know that I've given everything that I can to get to that point. So there was no way I was going to half-ass it um, up till the 29th of April. Yeah. And so, yeah, having that in the Full back ass. of my mind, I'm like, there is no way I'm getting in front of that camera and not knowing that I've given 100% up and to I, that point. I think that part, it's like the process. It's not the outcome. It's no. the, I gave everything. I left everything out on the table. I worked hard. I'm so proud of myself. And it's that, that's the thing that gives you, yeah. not the numbers, not the, what we achieve. Like that's all amazing. And it's awesome. And you smashed it. Like, I think we set a six centimeter waist mm. goal and we got eight, yeah. like, hello, yeah. thanks for coming. But it's all that aside. It's the process. It's the process. Yeah part in it's the boundaries that you set it's the confidence it's the engagement in the whatsapp like that was going off like it was it was so much fun (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it's all of those things that you did to get to that point yeah and that's the thing it's like making sure that I've ticked those boxes along the way um knowing that the end goal was I have to stand in front of a camera on the 29th of April but everything that led up to that added so much more value Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm just so happy. I can't wait for the photos. I can't wait for the next oh, me either. It's um low key. I'm sure I can edit it out if it's not correct and, and come in with a thing of I 
actually it's this date should be the 27th of October. So you heard it here first. Start date is around like the July mark. So it's enough time post Spartan. There's a lot and before it gets hectic towards the end of the year. But anyway, I'm, it's been, it's been fun. It's been fun. Like this whole Hmm. experience. Um, And I'm glad that obviously you felt that way too, but it's just that confidence that you get from doing those uncomfortable things and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And I just even noticed a shift off the back end of you being at the photo shoot. And I'm so glad we booked this in well in advance because it was like, okay, well, I'm going to be talking about this on the podcast with her a week later. Like <laughs> I better, I'm putting in the work. Like, and, and it is, it's, it's, it's learning that about like, you know, I know for some people, if I had booked this in, in a different circumstance, like it's reading the room and, and, and having the pleasure to work with you for a longer period of time is that I get to learn that, you know, and I'm like, okay, like I know I can push this here and this is actually going to be beneficial rather than you feeling like you're going to crumble under any kind of pressure. So, you know, it, it is building that over time and being able to kind of read that room and read the person and, and you know, the, the coaching relationship too. But I want to talk about like what's next. So what have, what have we got going on coming into the future? Oh, what's next? So at the moment we're reversing out of the deficit um, so slowly just upping the calories, just getting back to maintenance. Um, and then, yeah, sort of going back to that deadlift focus, I think, um, you know, we're chasing those big numbers. We want to, um, cause that's been on pause for so long. Um, that's sort of, you know, we, I really want to get that deadlift, um, you know, get that, get that hundred K. Let's go. Um, <laughs> which is the target. And, it's, and it's, I know, right? It's out loud now. It's in the universe. So everyone knows. Um, but yeah, really chasing that 100K and but just that big focus on strength, building muscle hypertrophy, um, you know, all that kind of stuff because we're now not tired. We're not in a deficit. We're not, you know, hitting that first set and then tapering off, everything is going to be, you know, hit max wherever we can. Um, so, yeah, having that, having, yeah, exactly, sending it every time we go into the gym. Um, yeah, just being out of that deficit and just, yeah, living a good life for a while. Absolutely. That 100 kilo is going to come quicker than you realize. Like, yeah. I'm so, like, and that's the thing. It's not just like, yes, the pause of like the specific strength focus, but everything that you've done leading you up to this position, it's like now we're in an even better position in terms mm. of our overall, like, you know, muscle mass and physique and everything to be able to express this strength. That's really exciting, um, you know, for you to be able to get there. And yeah, we'll have to book in another episode once you've smashed that. Because um, yeah. I know it's coming. Strength leading into Spartan as well. Because we've yes. got Spartan in what, September. Yeah, it's all happening. It's all happening. There's a lot going on. That's <laughs> The time goes so quickly. I think people don't realize is like, you know, 16 weeks, literally click of the fingers. No time at all. So it's good to like break things up and have those overarching like and, and realizing that you're up, you are capable of achieving these things. Mm. I think that's one of the big things that the common theme for everyone just in the feedback from the shoot of like, fuck, I did it. Like whatever yeah. that I did. And that's the was. biggest thing for me yeah. was actually showing up on the day. Because yeah. up until the day before, I was still, I'm like, oh, I'm still not sure about this. Yeah. I'm still, I still might turn around and drive home. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, the fact that I actually showed up on the day um, and then got in front of the camera and did it was massive. It's so massive for me. I want to, I actually, as we start to like wrap things up, I'm going to 
I'm going to ask you if you could give yourself a piece of advice after your, you know, think about you in like just before we started working together, call it August 2021, Mm -hmm. from the experiences and stuff that you have now, like what advice would you give to yourself then and for those that are resonating with who you were then? Um, Don't live your life in a calorie deficit. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Like do not, you know, it's nice temporarily, but it's not a way to live, Um, you know eat the food, lift the weights, you know, throw the heavy shit around. Just don't live in a deficit. <laughs> it's not sustainable. Absolutely. It's um, it's a short time, not a long time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> short, sharp, get the fuck out. <laughs> Done. That's it. And we're like, all right, get the fuck out of there. All right. So now I'm going to go with a couple of little quick fire questions for you. And then we'll, um, we'll see where that goes. I know we've, it's been a really long time now, but... <laughs> We'll, we'll see. So we already know that the hack squats you go to. What's mm-hmm. your favourite body part to train? Oh, legs. Yeah. yeah. Any, any muscle group in particular? I like quads. Yeah. Muscle mummy. Yeah. I love I it. I like the quads. I like the butt. Yeah. yeah. Just legs. Anything legs. lower body. Yeah. It's a good time. Everyone sits on the fence. Some people love training legs. Some people hate training legs. Like there's like a mix. We've got upper and lowers. Mm. Um, what's your favorite TV show? Ooh, TV show. They only ever had made one season of it. It's called Firefly. Um, it's, a really, it's an old one. Oh, I think it was like the early 2000s. It's, um, it's kind of really weird. It's, it's going to sound crazy. Um, it's a space Western sci-fi western it's wow. um got nathan fillion in it if you know who he is I don't. um I'm really it's actually really me. good it's kind of um all the characters in it are really good highly recommend um it's not going to be for everybody but it is my favorite and i watch it regularly i love Probably it at least once a year i'll rewatch this whole season it's like my go-to. <laughs> yeah. what it's like my is- show. oh sorry um what is your bucket list item? Like just one bucket list. Oh, go to Japan. It's so nice. I've had the pleasure. Oh, of I had to cancel my trip because of COVID. I remember. So, yeah. Shit. I'm still sad about it. Yeah. Do you, have any, do you have any plans booked in? Oh, we're just trying to work out when we can organize it because Ellie's going into year 12 next year. So it's just kind of finding the best time to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. Is there anywhere else that you'd love to travel to that you like haven't been to yet? Um, Japan's on the top of the list. I'd really like to do, um, I love Asia. So I love all the Asian countries. I've been to a few, but yeah, honestly, give me a round the world ticket and just let me go. Me too. Let's go. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll start recording podcasts. <laughs> I love it. I really want to go like to Antarctica. I parked that until 50 because of the price of it. If anyone wants to go have a look, it's like 15 grand for like a week uh, for one person. And I want to do the Kokoda track like that. There's it's like a nine day thing that you can do anyway. um, Yeah. There's so many places. So I was like, I feel like there's too many. Honestly, I couldn't list. Japan is the first one though. As soon as we get the opportunity, we're out. You're like, I'm done. Pack it up. Yeah. All right. Well, 
I know you've probably got a lot to do today and we are like, we're way over time, which I'm mad about. <laughs> but that's I knew we were going to be. I knew it too. I was just like, oh shoot, we might even have to break it up into a part one, two and three, but <laughs> it's been, it's been absolute pleasure to chat. And I know that a lot of people will get a lot of value and resonate with a lot of stuff that you've said, because it's so real. And just to see you on the other side of it now is fucking inspiring. Like I'm saying it for everyone because it really is like, and you've put in the work, you've done the work. It's just, yeah it's awesome it's exciting it's exciting to see what's next and 100 we're going to have a before and after a first photo shoot versus second photo shoot i got you now <laughs> lock right. it in thank lock you in. so much to everyone listening. no thank you i appreciate you having me anytime it, it, yeah we'll get you back don't worry <laughs> all right peace out thank you for listening to the you but more powerful podcast If you're determined to continue to expand and grow and reach heights you never thought were possible, you'll want to make sure you're subscribed so you'll never miss out on a single episode. If you loved today's, I would absolutely love your feedback and to see you tag at you but more powerful underscore podcast on Instagram. See you guys in the next episode.